Welcome along to The Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team. I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Ryan Rowcastle. Well, what a difference a week makes. After a 4-0 loss at Norwich City, we followed that up with a hard-fought goalless draw at Millwall and then an impressive 4-0 win over Swansea at Loftus Road. There have been plenty of encouraging individual displays as well in the last two games, not least from midfielder come left-back Ryan Manning. We'll be getting his thoughts today as well as looking ahead to Easter fixtures with Blackburn and Derby County. It's all right here on the Loftcast. Okay, well, since Ryan, thanks very much for joining us. Um, we'd love to start with the, uh, the 4 0 win over Swansea, but let's reference uh, the two fixtures before that, first of all, um, as we build up to the weekend fixtures against Blackburn and Derby County and it was John Eustace's first game in charge against Norwich we spoke before this didn't we since and we were saying it's a little bit like a free hit because John Eustace has taken temporary charge he's up against the league leaders at their home ground it's live on telly they're absolutely flying seven wins out of seven and you're thinking okay well you know we can go and have a go there's no expectation however we didn't expect to to lose 4-0 it was a it was a, a disappointing result, a disappointing performance. Um, just briefly talking about that, because there's been a lot of water under the bridge since then, but what went wrong up at Carrow Road? Everything. Um, you know, uh, we always knew it was going to be a really hard game, you know, at Norwich, going well, won seven in a row. I think what was the most disappointing, it wasn't the 4-0 scoreline, it was the manner that we got mm. beat. You know, disastrous start, 2-0 down after 11 minutes. Uh, never put a tackle in, never got close to them, never tried to stop Norwich playing or couldn't stop Norwich playing. You know, those times where they look like they they could pass around us at will, you know, 3-0 um, up before half-time. And you are really, and it could have been 5 or 6, let's face it, so you're really going in a half-time, fearing the worst. You know, the game's gone, as says, but you, you, you're coming out the second half just playing for a little bit of pride. Probably got marginally better, but no, it was just a really disappointing, horrible afternoon to witness. In a situation like that, I don't think there's much point in going into goal by goal. It was a, an all-round disappointing performance. When something like that happens, when you, you haven't started well, like you say, two goals down after 11 minutes, <coughs> Carrow Road is now full of atmosphere. We're right up against it. Norwich are now even more confident than they were before kickoff, and they were just popping it around. And you have to say, they, they played very, very well. Um, it's so difficult to to find your way back into a game when it's almost taken away from you so early. I mean, a goal can change a game, but you need to have the ball to be able to do that. And we saw very little of it. I'm a great believer. You know, it's it's all about the way you start games. Uh, we saw here on Saturday, and we'll come to that in a bit, you know, the start's vital. And I've been, I suppose, quite critical, really, because in the last couple of months uh, in particular, certainly on the poor run that we've been on, we've conceded a lot of early goals. You know, I think I listed six or seven games mm. last week. I could do them again, you know, Wigan, Hull, West Brom, Middlesbrough, you know, uh, starting on the back foot. And against the side as good as Norwich, playing with the amount of confidence they get at 2-0 down, a lot of people might have thought the game was finished after 11 minutes. Mm. Um, you know, really, really good side. I fully expect them to go on and win the league. So there was no... Choose my words carefully. No shame in getting beat at Norwich, but I come back to the manner which we got beat. I thought it was, you know, I put myself out there. I thought it was unacceptable. A few positives to take from it? None for me, none at all. 
positives probably was a game three or four days later mm. that you can try and put right what you've just uh, what you've just done. And as a player, um, and Ryan, I'll bring you in when we discuss Millwall. But just finally on, on Norwich, as a, a player, when you've had a result <coughs> like that, is it a case of you just want to play again? Do you feel down in the dumps? Is there, I suppose, the challenge then for the the manager to try to lift the players to forget about it? I suppose there's a, a numerous different ways you can e either analyse it to death or you can say, look, none of us need to see any of that again. Let's just start afresh when we play Millwall. I think you analyse and I think you start your process for the next game starts as soon as you walk in that dressing room. No matter what your emotions are like as a player, as a coach, as a manager, uh, I don't think you can leave that alone sort of thing. you know. So I'm sure there was a few harsh words. Um, once that's done, you get back to work on the training ground. You look at DVD or video clips and you analyse, you know, and I'm sure John would have done that. He's very professional and very thorough in what he does. Players would know they let themselves down badly. But I've got to say, you're as good as your next game. Your last one's gone. Let's put that right. And uh, the beauty of football is three or four days later, you've got that opportunity. And Ryan, perhaps a positive that we were able to, with hindsight, take from the result at Norwich is that one way or another, it led to that performance against Millwall, which was so different in everything in terms of the, the style of play, in terms of the, the tempo, the approach, the aggressiveness in the tackle. It was a, a, a marked difference performance. And you wonder, obviously, how much the result and performance at Norwich had on that display at the Den. Well, yeah, that's right. You know, it can, when you have a result like the one against Norwich, it can, it can go two ways. You can either feel sorry for yourselves and you know, go into the next one with your heads down, or you can react like how we did against, um, against Mill. And I was, I was very impressed with that performance. From just from the very first 20 seconds, you knew things were different in that game when um, Josh was just going, flew into a tackle and Freeman had a shot and uh, we just looked up for it and um, we were aggressive. Uh, we, we took the, the challenge to Millwall and I think they didn't expect us to, to play in that manner. I think Neil Harris kind of referenced it after the game that any talk, you know, whether this the QPR side were, were going to be playing for the manager or not was kind of gone after five minutes because mm. we were very up for it and uh, on another, I think we were the better side. We yeah, created some decent chances. We, you know, towards the end of the game, we looked like the only side that would that would get the three points. But in the end, a draw. Sometimes not just a draw, but the performance was the. At this time stage of the season, everyone says it's about the points, but for us, it was kind of about the performance. If you know what I mean in yeah. that game. Yeah, it was, and like you say, Josh going flying into the chapel right yeah. at the start, and you're sort of grimacing, sat in, in the stands, thinking, "Oh Jesus, don't get this one wrong." But he didn't. He got it bang on, and like Ryan says, since it did, it set the tone for for how we played. And I would imagine what really pleased John Eustace, if he's in the dugout, is seeing that response from his players. Everyone would have been disappointed with what happened at Norwich. He's worked with the players in the lead-up to the game against Millwall. They go across the white line. He's hoping for a reaction. And like Ryan says, within five minutes, not only did Millwall know that the reaction was there, but John Eustace must have got great comfort, although I'm sure he expected a reaction to see it in front of him materialise the way it did. I was delighted. I was delighted for John, you know, because uh, delighted for the players. Um, as we've touched on, a really uncomfortable afternoon at Norwich, copped a lot of stick, rightly so. So then 
as I say, you're looking for that reaction. I've heard that word reaction over the last sort of few months and, you know, after Brentford, hearing there was going to be a reaction where we didn't see it, you know, so uh, that wasn't really publicly said, but I'm sure it was talked about and, and boy, did we get it, you know, much, much better improved performance in terms of, you know, commitment, determination, desire, pride, everything that the fans who support this club of ours um, demand. And as I say, you've touched on that, Josh Scoen, first 30 seconds, sets the tone, crashes into the tackle, Luongo, Darnell, mm. Furlong, I'm doing commentary and actually said, you know, in the first five minutes, we've made more tackles in five minutes than we did in 95 at Norwich, and that set the tone. And in many senses, we did to Millwall, what Millwall like to do to opposition. And if you allow Millwall to do that and lie down and not be up for it, they might roll you over. What we saw from QPR on Wednesday night at Millwall was a really strong, determined display. A lot of fight, a lot of hunger, and, you know, clean sheet, which I thought was important. Someone said to me before the game, is it a must-win game? I said, no, it's a must-not-lose game. Because if Millwall beat us, I think they went a point behind us. Mm, with a game in hand. With a game in hand. So it was vital, you know, that in many senses we, we got something on the board. And sometimes, or not sometimes, I'm a great believer, unless you're unlucky, your performances usually get the results that year that you want, unless you're unlucky. We've been a little bit unlucky this year, but I don't want to harp on too much about that. That was a really, really good point, and I suppose it set the foundation for what we saw at the weekend. Yeah, it, it was a good point, but Ryan, at half-time, when we saw Rotherham were winning, yeah. Wigan were winning, Reading were winning, it was a bit nervy then because you're looking at the live league table and you're thinking, if Millwall score in the second half here, we are all we are certainly in the relegation battle. Anyone who doubted we were in it prior to that, at that stage, everyone was looking around thinking, we are we're in we we are potentially in trouble here. So yeah. it was a big second 45 minutes. John Eustace was actually asked in his post-match press conference after the game whether he and the players were aware at half-time of results elsewhere. And he said, no, I've literally just found out five minutes ago. So his focus, which wouldn't surprise you, it was completely on um, QPR's performance against Millwall. But certainly the fans were, were well aware that results yeah. weren't going for us at all. And my, my colleague Matt, we, we, we went at the den and to the room. And it, it, the good thing was, in that sense, was that Actually, Millwall were, were in the relegation zone at, at half-time as well. Yeah. So we can imagine the nerves of both, um, you know, both sides up in there. Um, but having said that, I think it w was probably best the players didn't. You know, they just got on with the game. And um, the, the second half was, was just as good as the first half. You mm. know, we, we, um, Millwall completely ran out of ideas um, towards the end. I feel like if it had gone on for another 10 minutes, we, we would have been the team for sure to get a goal. Um, but yeah, it was it was not a nice feeling in that press box at <laughs> half-time. Since we didn't allow ourselves to be bullied, like you said before, um, a moment ago, and after the game, actually, a journalist who covers Millwall said, when we played West Brom here three days earlier, a few big challenges went in from Millwall and... West Brom didn't react to that and we were allowed to dominate them, bully them and win the game quite comfortably. He said, and while we probably planned to do the same to you, before we had an opportunity to do it to you, you were doing it to us and flying in. And he said, in the end, we had to react to the tempo you set, which immediately put Millwall on the back foot, which I thought was really interesting, coming from a, a journalist who covers Millwall, saying that a team had come to the den and 
done to them, like you said before, we've done to Millwall what Millwall were planning to do to us. 100%, uh, you know, the start, again, coming back enough challenge from uh, Josh Scohan here. You know, sometimes I grimace when I see Josh Scohan in for fouls <laughs> because he plays right on the line. But I think it was, uh, I thought the Millwall away game on Wednesday night was a game that was crying out for that, it was crying out for someone, certainly coming off what we've just come off. And you have to stand up to Millwall. You know, I think there's this conception that Millwall is a tough place to go. Yes, it's a tough place to go. Yes, it's hostile. But actually, if you can stand up to them, if you look at the home record, they've only got a slightly better home record than Bolton, Ipswich and Reading. There's only the bottom, the three of those teams below them in terms of home form. But they do rely on the crowd. They get right behind them. And if you're not up for the challenge, they will roll you over. So... Credit to John, credit to his staff, credit to the players. You know, a couple of people might have looked at the start in the 11 beforehand and gone, well, you know what, as a manager, sometimes you take great pride when you get a result and you get a performance of just standing back. You don't have to say anything. But that performance, that point, so important, that point, probably our best point of the season in the circumstances, manager can look back and go, you know what, got that one right. If you can't make it to Loftus Road or Pride Bark this Easter weekend, you can tune in and watch the action live against Blackburn Rovers and Derby County, courtesy of QPR+. For full details, visit qpr.co.uk. Indeed he did, and then that set us up brilliantly for the game here at Loftus Road against <coughs> Swansea. And you mentioned the team selection there at Millwall. What were your thoughts on the team selection against Swansea? Yeah, I was wondering what uh, John would say. You know, yeah, if you look at the, the, the recovery time, three days, I always thought he would make changes. And again, horses for courses, Millwall, Swansea, two contrasting teams, the way they play their football. I thought we were crying out for energy on Saturday against the Swansea side, who like to pop it about, like to dominate possession, have to get in amongst them. Everything that we didn't do at Norwich, we did on, on, on Saturday. Always thought Angel Rangel would come back in, one against his old club. Two, had a little bit of a breather during the week. You know, I was delighted, me personally, to see Jose Samuel start. I think in the recent poor run, I think he's been a real shining light. You know, his cameo performances, even at Millwall, I thought he came on and did great, played central. His pace they couldn't cope with, possibly could have scored a goal that would win us the game. So him in, I think I possibly would have been some uh, raised eyebrows when Tom Hemmett was named in there. You know, he's hasn't been in his best recently, but he's a quality player. You know, and in defence of Tom, I would, I would say he's probably got himself back fit, but has had to be used in games to chase his fitness. So further down the line, he's had more minutes, more training, and I thought I thought he looked a quality centre forward on uh, on Saturday. Got his two goals, but his all-round game was excellent. Another change that came in: Jordan Cousins purely in for his energy to get in the rank Swansea. Brilliant. So again, as a manager. You make your decisions, you hope it goes well. But John Eustace would have sat back on Saturday night thinking, you know what, got everything right today. And the approach, it was a high press, high tempo, again, very physical, <coughs> aggressive in the tackle. It's what QPR fans like to see. I mean, you know better than anyone, you can <laughs> feel it from the fans when you're out on the pitch, when what you're doing is, is what they like to see. And certainly that approach is what the QPR fans like to see. I mean, it was one point, whereas you get other clubs that say a Swansea or a Southampton or a Reading at the moment, they're very much possession-based. And Swansea were 3-0 down at one point on Saturday and they were passing it along their back four. And I was looking at the Swansea fans thinking they're going to be going crackers, but they weren't. 
because that is the style that they're used to, they expect, and that they're happy with. Whereas I thought if we were three nil down and just passing it along our back line, the QPR fans say we're not going to get back into the game by by playing it across our, our back four. So there is a, a style of play that QPR fans like to see, and even if we hadn't won and won as well as we did, I think the fans would have been satisfied with the approach. That's what I want to see from a QPR side. You know, hop uh, back 25 years ago when I played, that's what my side, that's what Jerry Francis' side was all about. You know, work right. Yeah, you respect the, you respect the opposition, but you're not an over. You go, you know what, you're a good player, but so are we. Can you cope with us? Um, and what we've seen in recent months, for me, I think we've sat off teams far too much and let them dominate us. Whereas, following on from the Millwall game, you know the the much improved performance, the 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 manner in which we went about that. I'm sure there was an obvious game plan given the changes that John made that we were going to get about Swansea, stop them playing. We were we were superb. Three 0 up after 70 minutes. You know, I was harping back in my mind. You know, remember, I remember about a year ago we were 3-0 up against Sheffield Wednesday mm. almost a year to the day where we just blew them away well that was the same on Saturday so uh, wonderful start you know Darnell gets his first goal after three minutes could have scored from the corner Prior. previous to that yeah, yeah. But, it was know, the same move wasn't it as well yeah great delivery from either side you know good movement brave to get his head in there and that, that sets you on the way you know that's the start we've been looking for that gives you the the boost and the confidence to to go on, then to score again within two minutes, then you can really start to play and show people, not only here, but you know, up and down the country that, you know, well, we're not a bad side. Gone through a bad run, but we're not a bad side. And Ryan, two goals from Toma Hemed, and uh, they were real strikers' goals. And like Sint suggests there, perhaps his fitness coming back now after he has been out for a long layoff and getting his fitness while playing. Um, but he certainly showed his quality, didn't he? Yeah, and, and confidence too. You know, that's it's a, a massive part of football is is confidence. And if you you know if you score a goal early like you did, then you know all of a sudden everything like the touch. Uh, is it's coming into you easier? Just everything seemed to be coming yeah. off for him, and yeah, I feel, I feel unfortunately during this the season we haven't quite got to see the best of him because when he played for Brighton against us in in other games in the Championship before he has since he's looked a really quality player, mm. and because of injuries, you know, because of um, you know other the the form we've had as well, it's, it's hard for strikers when. When we're in a bad form, you know, you can't just blame it on them because they're not getting the service. They they might get. There's been games where they've they probably had one chance a game. You know, not even some of those games they've not even been proper good chances. They've just been half chances. When you're feeding off that kind of service, you can't just blame the striker. But he, you know, I'm speaking to him. I was speaking to him earlier today at an event, and um, he's he seems like he's in a really good place after after those two goals. You know, wants to wants to finish well and um, you know, he's still got one year left at Brighton which he, you know, he did mention but um, you know, he's said that you know, QPR he's really even though it's not quite worked out totally on the pitch he's, in, he's enjoyed himself and um, you know, he'd see this as, as an option if, um, you know, if it were, was to work, work out in the summer but you know, he's got a chance to, to end on a high mm. uh, I'm I know that we talk about rotation, but I'd be I'd be stunned if he's not starting on uh, on Friday. I think he deserves it. 
And Mass added the fourth in the second half. And it, it could have been so much more. It seemed every time we put a ball into the box, it was <coughs> causing absolute chaos in the Swansea defence. Yeah, I felt there was an opportunity at 4-0 after Mass scores, um, you know, to, to really go on and send out a statement, you know, get five or six, you know, that's me being greedy. Um, you know, but credit to the boys, they kept going, they looked like they were pushing for the extra goal. But importantly for me as well, not being a negative, I was delighted with a clean sheet as well, because we haven't kept enough, but, you know, there's two on the bounce. Back to back clean That's sheets. the foundation that gives you uh, the confidence, the ability to, to, to push forward. So uh, no, it was just a, it was just a fantastic all-round performance, and the, the reaction of the fans, you know, they've been brilliant all season. But coming back to what you asked me a few minutes ago, you know, they, like me and like us, they were enthused, excited by what they saw, the manner of the performance. You know, um, really, really good. And just a word on the clean sheets. Um, I don't want to say Joe Lumley didn't have much to do because he says when he. He keeps a, a clean sheet and he hasn't had to make many saves. He says throughout the 90 minutes, he's shouting at his defenders, organising it before the shot comes in. So he prevents the shot through organising his back four. That's his work done. So because he didn't have to make a big save and people say he didn't have anything to do, he say, hang on, I've been working my socks off for the last 90 minutes organising my back four. So credit to him and his back four. They protected the goal very well over both those games. Yeah, back four's been, uh, both back fours, uh, but not only the back four, I look at both those performances and we, rather than what I've seen over the last three months, been sitting back, we defended from the front. We, mm. we went and hassled up front, which is what we're doing in October, what we were doing in December when we had that really, really good run. You know, the defending starts with Smith and Wells at Millwall, starts with Hemmer and also Samuel and Freeman on Saturday, then your midfield come in behind them, you know, and there was spells of that game. Yes, I know we got a couple of goals and that makes it a hell of a lot easier, but there was times on, on Saturday where Swansea couldn't get that, their own half. I looked across once and all 22 players were Swansea side of the um, the centre circle. We just had them completely penned in, yet they wanted to try and pass their way out, but there was almost no way out because we had bodies, we had people flying into tackles. The intensity was brilliant and I hope and would love if we can continue in that vein. Absolutely. We'll talk about um, Ryan Manning in a moment. Firstly, switching over to the other fullback on Saturday against Swansea. It was a big game for him, Angel Rangel, against his former club. And he was up against Dan James, a lightning quick um, f winger. So it was going to be, well, it was expected to be a really tough afternoon for Angel Rangel. But Ryan, he, he dealt with that challenge very, very yeah. well. And he certainly <clears throat> seemed up for the challenge, didn't he? Well, yeah, I think um, he'd been getting, a, been coughing a little bit of stick, surprisingly, from Swansea fans, because he's, you know, he's an absolute legend there, and there's no doubt that that's that's how the majority see him. But obviously, there was a few, a few piping up saying, you know, he's not going to be able to cope. And Dan James, have to say, has has had a fantastic season from them. From you know, looking from afar, he looks a really good player, but. Angel was he was on it like he it reminded me of some of his performances in uh, in the autumn where he, he just read the game so well. It doesn't matter how quick you are if you can read the game as a fullback, um, the, the, then a winger is going to struggle. And uh, he had he had a great game and the, he, yeah, he was, I was a bit surprised seeing how um, you know because he's literally probably one of the nicest guys in football. But I think we you know we all. You know, can get wound up if you know we feel like we're being a bit disrespected. But um, 
yeah, he, he, as I said, he reminded me of you know, those good times in October and November <laughs> yeah, last yeah. year when we were winning and the, the, the back four was quality. So, And since, if you can remember way back when, when you were a young, skillful, talented fullback, if, a winger, if you were up against a more experienced fullback, on the rare occasion where they, they had your number, any anecdotes? Plenty, but if I, <laughs> <laughs> if I come back to Angelo Rangel, um, whether he's had stick during the week, he's really, really experienced. He knows he's playing up against a really top, young, up-and-coming player in Dan James. Had loads of plaudits in recent weeks. I knew it was probably coming. I wasn't sure when it would come. I think it was after about 12 minutes. He dumped Dan James on his backside just in front of the dugout. And that's sending out a message. You might be a good player. But I've got a few things up my sleeve. You're going to have to work your way through this game. And I'm going to be up for the challenge. And, uh, and as I say, credit to Angel, um, Rangel. You know, he's pumped up. Got really angry during the first half for, a, for an incident. But uh, I thought his performance was excellent. It was everything that typified the whole team's performance on, on Saturday. So much so, the bright young talent that Dan James is. Top, top player he's going to be. We hardly saw him, so credit to Angel Rangel for that. And on the other side of the QPR back four, Ryan Manning, um, his second game at left back after doing so well up at Millwall, and um, it was another very assured performance by him. I thought he was excellent. I thought he got better and better as the game went on at Millwall. You know, he's playing against someone I quite like in Jed Wallace. You know, he's a really, can be a top winger, Jed Wallace, on his day, you know, fast, tricky, direct. I thought Ryan Manning handled them really, really well. And I thought coming in on Saturday, you know, he's playing up against Dyer, Premier League player. But Ryan was excellent, you know, strong in the challenge, got forward, another another top, top performance. And, you know, he's just happy to be playing. He's had a frustrating season. He's gone out to Rotherham, done quite well, got called back, hardly kicked the ball in anger. Sees his chance in the team now and he's going to take it, hopefully with both hands. Absolutely. Well, you caught up with Ryan Manning earlier today. Um, he was at a play a football event meeting up with some junior hoops and young supporters and it's actually the 1000th player appearance of the season so far by the QPR squad which is an incredible <coughs> achievement you think a thousand appearances um, so far this season getting out to local schools getting out to community events or having people over at Harlington and the players all meeting them um, it's a critical part of what we do as a football club isn't it Vital, uh, so important. You can't underestimate how important it is, and uh, the players get that. And credit to you know the players for a you know, thousand visitors, magnificent. Credit to Caroline and and Terry up with the training ground who line them up. You know the the community do a lot of fantastic work, but getting the players and the first team players in and around the kids that we're you know trying to impact in a positive way can only be good they are the they are the now they are the faces of QPR and kids can relate to that um have to say I was there myself this afternoon the Tom Hemmerd and Ryan Manning were there but we also had six or seven under 23s so you know out on mass you know supporting the event encouraging the youngsters doing Q&As you know spending time signing autographs and posing for photographs you know they've, they've had a hard morning training today but you know they've come down and people might say, yeah, well, that's part of the role. Yes, it is part of the role, but as a club, you have to get it. We are getting it, and I just hope long may that continue. And credit to, credit to everyone this year, certainly the players for throwing themselves into it. And um, 
let's say, makes a massive difference. No, it is great. And you mentioned the 23s there and you go to an event and there's the first team players and obviously the, the interest and the focus is on those first team players because they're, they're the people... They're the players that people know and recognise and, and want to have their photos with, and perhaps less so the 23s because they haven't had that exposure. People don't know who they are. But it, it, it's setting a culture with those 23s players or those 18s players. They go to these events, and OK, they might not be the, the main stars, if you like, but they see the first-team players engaging. So it's almost training the 23s up. This is part of what you do when you play for QPR. Here are the first-team players. You want to be these first-team players. Look at what they do when they're away from a, a training pitch or from a football pitch. They're going out into the community. They're, they're meeting up with fans. They're having their photos, etc. They're engaging with them. And it, it's great for the 23s to actually see that. It's almost part of the process of them becoming first-team players. And this is a, a critical, part, critical part of what we do as first-team players. Uh, Ryan Manning was one of those players who attended the 1,000th player appearance event at Play Football just around the corner from Loftus Road. And you caught up with him earlier this afternoon. Ryan, good to see you. And how important is it for you and fellow players who are down there today to not only support today's event, but the community projects in general right across the season? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think we get down probably once or twice every couple of months to come down and see, you know, the work that's been put in by the QBR community and, you know, getting down to, you know, today here in the Pro Direct Centre and getting to see, you know, all the kids playing football and, and it's, you know, proper. <laughs> I would have enjoyed this if I was a kid, you know, come down and have all the events that are running. So I think for us as players, you know, it's nice to come down and, and get to see all the kids and kind of play around with them, you know, playing a few of the games and, and you know, I think it's it's definitely a good thing for us to get to see, you know, because I suppose we'd been up at the training ground at the stadium on a match day, you don't really get to see this side of things. So, you know, to have these events and to be able to come down and see is definitely, you know, a nice thing to see for all of us. I think it's credit to the players, uh, you know, the QPR players this year that I think this is uh, coinciding with a thousand visit you know that you guys have put in so uh, as I say it's really really good um, going back to football um, you know you've been back in the side the last couple of games how pleasing has that been for you not only to get back in the side but two really good results you know at Millwall always a tough place to go and an exceptional performance and result on Saturday you know two clean sheets but uh, for you and the team how good does that feel yeah, I'm obviously delighted to finally get back in the team and to get a you know a couple of games on the bounce to be able to you know put a bit of form together for myself personally. But you know I think the game midweek against Millwall to get a clean sheet you know which were few and far between the last few months and I think that was a massive result for us. You know we Norwich game wasn't didn't start how we would have liked and I think to be able to have got to half time and you know been in the game and nil all I think that really gave us that bit of confidence and belief and then I think. That was the platform then for Saturday. You know, we really just went out. We were, you know, ruthless. We were, you know, direct. We were so enthusiastic. Everyone was, you know, at it, so to speak. So I think, you know, the results Saturday then was just a knock-on effect from, you know, the, the efforts we put in against Millwall on, on Wednesday night. But and yourself, um, have to ask you, probably prefer to play in the middle of the park. Uh, you might not, but last couple of games left back. I know you did it a couple of times last year under Rolly. How you found that? Because you've been You've been brilliant. Yeah, I don't, you know, I've obviously played there a bit last season. I've done a little bit, you know, throughout my years here at QPR, and I actually don't mind it. You know, obviously a different position to be in the centre mid. I suppose you've less of the pitch to kind of worry about to an extent. But you know, I'm enjoying being back in the team. You know, 
I don't mind wherever I was playing on the pitch as long as I'm on the pitch, you know. But I'm I'm enjoying left back. It's it's you know it's a good position. I'm enjoying it. Two clean sheets, two good results. So you know I think everything's going well so far. Change of manager uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know happens all the time in football. But do you Ryan Manning? Do you see that as obviously in many senses you, as players you're always sad to see people lose their jobs. But do you see that as a a little bit of a fresh start, you know, and kickstart. You played the last two games and hopefully cement your place now at the end of the season and kick on from there. Yeah, exactly. You know, I suppose that the change of manager means fresh, fresh start to an extent for everyone. Although, you know, it's it's used to you and, and guys are in charge, which have been there before. But it still is, you know, fresh start, fresh approach to things. And you know, for me, I just looked at it. Hopefully, you know, something might change in my favour and I might get you know a chance to play. And I have and. You know, I think I'm enjoying playing now. I've been back in the team, and I think the fresh opportunity. Hopefully, I can now keep my place in the team to the end of the season. And then, you know, finish the season, which you know probably wasn't going too well for me since I came back in January. But you know, to finish it positively and hopefully play the next few games, you know, would be a good end to a season for me, and, and I'd be happy with it. Just touch on something you said there. You know, if you came back in January after, a, let's say, a really good spell up at Rotherham, you know, successful spell, the way you were playing, playing every week, you know, scoring goals, albeit mostly from the penalty spot, but uh, Rotherham was obviously good for you, but coming back in January, how frustrating is that to be? Because, now let's face it, let's not hide behind it, club have been on a really poor run, and yet you've played a little bit of a bit part, was that, how, frustration, how frustrating was that for you? Yeah, obviously massively frustrating, you know, <clears throat> to any player, for, you know, the situation was the same. You know, obviously I was out and I was playing. I played, I think, 19, 20 games. You know, first half of the season, the championship I was playing week in, week out. You know, and and really enjoying, you know, the test of going up against the best players in the championship week in, week out. So, you know, to come back and not really be involved, and then for results to be not really, the results not being good at all, really, you know, it's obviously even more frustrating. You know, that you kind of think of where's the opportunity going to come from. You know, so I think. Probably a tough few months, you know, but I think everyone has to, you know, everyone has times in their career that they're going to have to deal with stuff like that. And I think to come out the other end of it, hopefully now, and to be able to get a few games together and get back enjoying playing and, you know, getting back enjoying playing the Saturdays is, you know, what I'm, you know, really enjoying at the moment. But I think tough few months, but, you know, it'll only, only make me stronger in the future going forward. You know, I know how to deal with, you know, these situations. So, um, yeah, not good, but take the positives from it. Yeah, great stuff. <laughs> Just going back to Saturday or the, or the last week, you know, the, the, the good point gained at Millwall, which I think was the sort of the foundation for the performance on Saturday. You know, the mood in the camp now, after a disappointing run, mood must be really buoyed, must be buzzing. And I bet you can't wait till the, the Easter programme now. Yeah, you know, I suppose we, we had tough results to take over that spell where we weren't really getting a result. You know, there was, you know, last minute goals or early goals. And, you know, we just felt like nothing was actually going our way. So, you know, to finally put in the you know tough gritty performance we put in at Millwall, you know where it probably wasn't the nicest game to watch, wasn't the nicest game to play in either. But that kind of gave us the foundation then for Saturday, and then I think finally you know we had a everything kind of came together for us, and I think it was you know exactly what we needed as a squad, you know as a club. And I think it was probably what the fans deserved is finally you know a, a good positive result that they could really enjoy. And I know we watched back the first few minutes of the game today and. Even from first five minutes, you know, you could see the fans were enjoying it. We were enjoying it, 2-0 up, you know, it was it was just one of them days where everything kind of went for us 
when we'd been on a run where you know next to everything went against us. So I think for everyone it was exactly what everyone associated with the club needed was Saturday of just you know good positive result and a good day out. Will you be a returning R for the 2019-20 campaign? You can renew your seat now, but the deadline is the 30th of April at 5pm. Well, Ryan Manning there is clearly loving being back in the first team fold and from one Ryan to another. Um, it's great to see him back out there and he's doing very well in his, his newfound position. Yeah, Marcello, they're calling him. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Who's calling him now? Uh, Tommy Hemmed, Lewis Walker, <laughs> I heard a few others. But no, yeah, I mean, we have seen it before because he did play there a few times under um, Ian Holloway and I thought he did okay then. Uh, but yeah, he's... What's I was talking about reading the game earlier. What's impressed me a lot in that position is he's read it very well. He's made good blocks, uh, good interceptions going forward. He's provided a threat. So, you know, that's uh, that's for that's an opportunity for him. He has mm. to look at the the, the central midfield is a, a bit packed at the minute, so it might not, you know, there might not be too many opportunities there. But left back, you know, there's there's only really Jake Bidwell, obviously. Hamelainen's out on loan in, in LA, so he, there's only one left back in the whole squad. He's had to come in, and at, at the minute he's, he he doesn't look like a makeshift left back. That's that's the biggest compliment you can say. He yeah. looks like someone who's played there for a long time. Speaking of makeshift left backs, Andy Sinton, uh, you played at left back towards the tail end of your career, but from a, a skill set point of view, you know what's required to, to play in that position. And uh, Ryan Manning is he well suited for that role? Yeah, I think he is. He's um, you know, reads the game quite well. You know, he's he's relatively quick without being lightning. You know, he you, you don't have to be a massive tackler to play fullback. You know, you you read situations. You go and get tight. You uh, you force people to play inside. You know, but as I say, when he's had to defend in a one-on-one -on -one situation, given the two games he's played in against two really good players, Wallace and Dyer, mm. you know, he's. He's come out that with flying colours. He's got that ability, as you would expect from a midfield player, that in possession of the football, um, he can start attacks. Now, as a couple of times, certainly in the second half, he's, he's broke forward. He put one fantastic mm. ball in across the six-yard box that I thought Tomo was going to get his his uh, his hat trick. I think it was given offside anyway, but uh, it was a great, great ball. So I think Ryan, as I spoke to him today, you know, one, he's loving being back at the club, but loving being back playing. I think he's had a frustrating few months where he's he's been called back and he's seen the team struggle and still couldn't get in, albeit bit part appearances. But you know he's been given the nod by John Eustace in the last couple of games, and I say he's done he's done brilliant, you know. And um, he's still a young boy, he's still learning his trade. But I tell you what, speaking of today, there's a burning desire and enthusiasm to really stay in the side and do well, and that's what you want. And going into the, the game against Blackburn, um, for Ryan Manning and for a number of the players, they won't be starting to think about the beach. If you're someone like Ryan Manning, you're thinking, I want to lay a marker here for whoever the new manager is going to be. And who, whenever he comes in, I want to be laying a marker for <coughs> Ryan Manning's in, been in the side the last few weeks and he's produced an excellent performance. So there is going to be that desire to finish the season strongly from these individuals because they will have an eye on next season rather than an eye on the beach. Well, someone like Orion or anyone who played at the weekend, they've got the shirt, you know, whether we go with rotation again, horses for courses, is up for the manager and the, the coach to do that. 
But you mentioned um, four games to go. Let's see if we can finish with as many points as we possibly can. I would even go as far as to say um, hearts telling me we're safe. Head saying, still got some work to do, you know. So, uh, you know, let's get it done. Let's get it done on uh, on Saturday against Blackburn. But you can bet your bottom dollar. John Eustace is in the chair at the moment. Uh, but people who've been linked with the job, they would either been at the last two games, maybe in disguise, or they would have had someone watching the game just in case they do get the nod. So everything mm. to play for those players. So uh, you know you can't afford to let up. They're playing for careers. They're playing for the futures. And most importantly, they're probably playing for their careers and their futures at this great club of ours. Um, well, Blackburn is next up. They're five points above us in the table. Um, Ryan, the danger players from Blackburn, who would you suggest? Well, yeah, it's, it's weird. Blackburn, they, probably the, the biggest compliment to them is that no one really talked about them the whole season. I mean that like, in a respectful way, just because, you know, having come up from, from League One last year, there's, mm. um, you know, the two teams who came up with them, Wigan and Rotherham, obviously down the bottom. And Blackburn have just been consistent. They've not really threatened to, you know, to, to break into the, the playoffs, but they've never at any point threatened to... Um, to be down there in a fight, and they, I think that's reflected as where they are in the table. Um, but they're they are they're very organised side. The main man is Bradley Dack, um, League One Player of the Year last year, uh, and in 2016, I believe. So, I think the question was, can he could at the start of the season could he take the, what he did in League One to a higher level? Well, he's answered that with I think 13 goals and six assists. Fantastic return from um, from you know for a team you know like Blackburn who don't have it, uh, too much um, creative players. He's the certainly he's certainly the main one. Um, also in defence, if he hadn't played the last two games, but Charlie Mulgrew, I think is really interesting. He scored ten goals this season, so uh, he take, he takes set pieces. <laughs> so you know, as you mentioned earlier, since about scoring, sometimes he, he has to be careful because. You don't want to give away too many yeah, free got, kicks. He's very good in those um, got great situations. left foot, yeah, yeah. Set plays, but uh, I'll back you up there. Bradley Dack is someone I really like. You know, top, top player, 16 goals this season. And also, let's not forget, they've got Danny Graham, you know, uh, full of experience. Yeah. He's on 15 goals, 14 in the league for the season. So, uh, you know, they've had a... a for him, isn't it, the yeah, last two years? They've had a great season since coming up. You know, uh, I think when you when you come up a division, you certainly just want to consolidate. They've done that. Um so yeah, they have got danger men, but uh, we've still got some work to do. How does John Eustace approach this game? I think the fans want to see <laughs> what they saw against Swansea. I'm not saying they'd want to see a 4-0. I'm sure they would want to see a 4-0, but that's not what I'm talking about. They want to see that level of performance, that I think they want to see energy. that. Yeah, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. I think they want to see that um, level of energy, determination, desire. You know, in your wildest dreams, we would hope, but it's probably not going to happen that you're going to be 2-0 up in five minutes. Mm. But you know what? If we can put in that type of performance, put some tackles in. The crowd were brilliant the other day. They responded to what they saw. So if I'm John and I'm in the dressing room, I'll be challenging the players. Can you go and repeat that? I'm not saying a scoreline. Can you go and repeat that level of performance? If you repeat the level of performance, I'll, go, I'll say it now. If you repeat that level of performance, you win the game on Friday. No question about it for me. And just a word on Derby County, who we play on Easter Monday. 
Um, as we sit here now, they've only won three of the last 12 games in all competitions. They're just on the fringes of the playoffs now, two points outside. We're coming into the real business end of the season. This is, it's going to be a huge game for Derby, regardless of what happens between now and then. But come that game, it's still going to be a, a huge, huge game for them. So that is going to be another interesting test for QPR because we'll be up against a, a Derby side who are determined to keep their season going beyond the 46 championship fixtures. Yeah, Derby, you know, right in the mix, you know, um, we'll be going there on Monday, be a big, big crowd. Mm. You know, that's a, for me, that's another game to really, really look forward to. And people might go, you know, it's Derby, you said that when we went to Norwich and look what happened. But you know what, I couldn't think of any, I couldn't think of anything better than going to Derby, big crowd, they expect them to roll us over and we upset the odds. So, you know what, first 20 minutes, regardless what happens here, Saturday, go and keep the crowd quiet, go and impose ourselves like we do up at Millwall. Yeah, Derby have got some really, really good players, but so have we. Love it, since you've wet the appetite. Thanks for joining us, Ryan. Thanks very much for joining Thank us. You. Thanks for listening to us this afternoon here on The Loftcast. Thank you.